You're listening to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of premium content in just 60 minutes. So B2B marketing has been going strong for a while now. And in fact, it's become so dominant that even well before ChatGPT, there was this sort of prevailing sense that there's just too much damn content out there and it's kind of overwhelming. And now with generative AI enabling every content marketer and their mom to crank out even more content at super warp speed, it's just getting harder than ever to break through the noise with content that actually works, that actually gets you ROI. And you know, it's enough to make you wonder, have we reached or are we about to reach some kind of inflection point in the evolution of content marketing? Are we at a point where B2B brands might begin to pivot away from content marketing towards something else? Now, that's the gist of a LinkedIn post that caught my eye a few weeks ago, written by Mark Evans. Mark is a fractional CMO and founder of marketing, marketing agency specializing in brand positioning and messaging. So, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to talk about the exciting world of content or the volatile world of content, depending on your perspective these days. Yeah, well, it's both. It's volatile and exciting. And, and I should say, welcome back to the show, because this is your second time. Yeah, I feel honored that I'm a repeat customer. Well, well, I feel honored that you, you agreed to come on again. So let's get right into it. I'm going to read a quote from your post. It's a bit of a lengthy quote, but I just want to get it out there to make sure listeners like get a taste of what you're talking about, and then we'll break it down and get into the substance of it. So, quoting, you'll see a growing number of B2B and SaaS companies abandon content or make it a small part of the marketing mix. Why? They'll determine that content marketing fails to deliver ROI. Content could be a waste of time, money, and resources. Instead, these companies will build communities, establish relationships, and focus on educating and nurturing customers to drive loyalty and retention. Their marketing will be propelled by becoming trusted, empathetic, helpful resources that delight customers. Now, when I read that, I was so struck by it that I immediately pulled out that quote, or I actually, I, I posted a link to your post in a group that I belong to called First Gen Entrepreneurs. We talk about content all the time. And I just asked people, what do you think? A lot of the responses were somewhere along the lines of, yeah, but you're still going to need content to do that stuff, to build community and all that. Like, I think people were a little resistant. Like, what do you mean content is going to go away? No, you know, we're still always going to need it. So like, what's your response to that? I think there's three angles that we could talk about. Number one is this content marketing Kool-Aid that we've been drinking for the last 10 years. There, there's a belief that if you want to attract, engage, and nurture prospects, then you have to create a lot of content. And this was propagated by companies like HubSpot that were content machines. And what happened is people looked at what HubSpot was doing and their success and they said, we've got to follow the exact same recipe. Hmm. If we do what HubSpot does, then we're going to be as successful. And so every B2B or SaaS company decided that we're going to make a major investment in content. You've heard the story about, well, companies need to be publishers or media companies, which I think yeah. is a complete crock 
a fallacy, just something that it sounds sexy, but it makes no sense at all. And so, yeah, I mean, we've sort of leaned hard into content and felt that if we create content, they will come. So that's the landscape in which we live in. And I think what we've discovered is that for some companies, the gongs, the HubSpots, the drifts of the world, Chili Piper, content works. They are able to create content that is high quality, insightful, valuable, prescriptive, that they build a community and it drives leads, brand awareness and sales. And that's awesome. And it does reflect the reality of content. But for a lot of companies, content is a waste of time because the return on investment is so low that it doesn't really justify it if you had to scrutinize your marketing mix. But because of our addiction to content, everyone's afraid to step away from content. And that's kind of the conundrum we're at right now is that it's content for the sake of content. And if I stop doing content, then what do I do as a B2B or SaaS company? Exactly. Right. If we're not putting out content, what ought we to be doing? Right. So let's not just ask that rhetorically. Let's take it up. So you know, what do you see if content, in fact, for a lot of companies is essentially a waste of time, at least the way that they're doing content now? I guess there's two questions there, really. Is there a better way of doing content to your mind? That may be part one. And what else ought companies to, to do alongside content or maybe instead of content? Two-sided answer to this. Number one is the mantra that less is more. So the idea that you have to create content at scale to serve your audience, but mostly SEO juice is not the approach that many companies should take. And I think the problem is that when they look at generative AI and ChatGPT and all those other tools out there, the gut reaction is, oh, content is easier than ever. I can spend less money, I can create more content, and that is the formula for SIS. goes back to our original drinking the Kool-Aid, drinking the content Kool-Aid. Yeah. And so I'm on the belief that, but less content is more, but better content. So that you create a blog post a month or a really great video or a really insightful podcast with a super smart person, or you do a guide every quarter, And the content is so good that you draw an audience. The audience waits for that content. And I think about a guy like Paul Graham, who is a very well-known VC in Silicon Valley. I think he still does it, but he would write one newsletter a month. But the newsletter was so good and so insightful that he had a massive audience. And he resisted the temptation to write a newsletter a week or spin it off into something else because he had something that worked. And... It was something that captured the spotlight at a time when attention is everything. We're we're in the midst of the attention economy. And so you want to create content that's so good, so original, so different that it's in demand. And, And I listened to a podcast recently, the former head of content for Gong, and his whole philosophy was do different, do content differently not do the same content that every other sales-oriented company is doing. And that was their philosophy and it worked for them. So I think that's one slice of it. But the other half of that, do less, is do more on the promotion and distribution side. You get people who, you know, wave the flag for repurposing content, 
but it's hard and yeah. it takes a lot of time and effort to make that happen. And, but I, so I think what's going to happen is companies will produce better content, the smart companies, and they'll hire promotion and distribution experts to repurpose content, reimagine content and put it into a number of channels, but also as important number of communities, discord, Slack, Reddit, Quora, that kind of thing. And so you'll, you'll squeeze as much juice from a piece of content as possible and you'll lean into quality over quantity. That's mm -hmm. one slice of my mantra, I guess. Yeah. You know, I published a podcast episode recently, and it was about this concept of AI creating a new content floor. This is Rand Fishkin's mm -hmm. phrasing. And the, the basic idea being that that if you're going to publish content, at the very least, it needs to be better than the standard generative AI output. And that if it's not, don't bother publishing it because it just won't work. You won't get anything from it. And I think what you're saying kind of reminds me of that a little bit. It's not exactly the same thing, but I think it's along the same lines. I agree with Rand. I mean, when I read that post, it was like, yeah, he's absolutely right. Because there is so much crappy content out there crappy blog posts and guides and you look at LinkedIn and half the content is most of it's probably generated by AI these days, but half of it is pretty one-on-one or here's what I think. And it's yeah. pretty light. And that type of content is not going to resonate anymore because there's just too much. It's like a giant buffet and there, and some of the choices are really, really good. And most of them are, are not good for you. And it's bad for your content diet. And so I think mm -hmm. that does raise the bar and the question that many companies to ask that do content marketing is this piece of content good enough? Does it deliver value? And that's subjective. I mean, you can use data to assess the kind of content that resonates, but I think you need to look at your content and go, is it better than what people would get if they did something via ChatGPT, or is it better than all the other content out there? And if it's not, then you got to think about whether it's worth publishing. And, and that is the, that's a hard choice right now because it means that maybe you don't publish content the way that you used to, and you've got yeah. to operate differently and change is really hard. Indeed. I think you said this earlier, there's maybe like a FOMO element to it too. If everyone else is putting out content constantly and you're like, we're going to zag where everyone else is zigging, you know, and we're going to, instead of posting, I don't know, like posting on LinkedIn every single day, we're going to do it three times a week. I think that would take some, I don't know, let's call it courage. It's like, we're going to spend more time on each post, let's say, make each post as good as it can be, publish less frequently, but get more juice out of every post that we put up there. Yeah, that's LinkedIn is the perfect analogy for what I'm talking about. Because if you listen to the LinkedIn gurus, they will tell you that the key to success is you publish every single day. In fact, some of them yeah. suggest that you publish twice or three times a day. Right. And so they've created this army of creators who buy into the idea of I don't publish. Oh my God. It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like there's a void in my day and it's going to impact my business. And then on the flip side, you've got a guy like Steve McDonald, who people should follow because he writes great content, a lot of it around content and SEO, but he publishes once a week and, mm. but his posts are amazingly popular. People are totally engaged with them. And he's adopted this philosophy that 
less is more. And I think if you look at the, the work that he does for clients, it's the exact same approach he takes when he when he's doing work for them. And and so, yeah, you're right. FOMO was a huge thing. People are afraid not to do something because it means that maybe they're they're being quiet when everyone else is making noise. It's a vicious circle when you think about it. Yeah, right. But you're you're I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see, right, because for the past several years, there's been so much momentum towards what you've just described more publish as often as possible every single day, multiple times a day. Like that's been such a force and it'll be super interesting to see what might turn the tide on that, you know? And I, and again, like you're arguing in your post, if I'm reading it correctly, that it'll just become, it'll get to the point where companies are going to say what it's already hard enough to measure ROI of this stuff. And it'll just get to the point where it's like, it's impossible and we're concluding that the ROI is close to zero. And so we have to do something different because this is not free. You're paying someone to do it or you're spending your own time doing it. And so you have to make a hard choice. I mean, if what, what do you, do you, what do you see like looking ahead, you know, a year or so from now, like, do you see, do you, do you think we will see this kind of turn around and people begin to agree with you more and more? I think there will be some companies, not a lot, some B2B SaaS companies that will stop creating content. They'll look at their marketing mix and they'll say, we're not getting traffic. We're not getting ROI, even with using generative AI or ChatGPT, and we're not going to create content anymore. Maybe they'll create a guides or, you know, one pagers or case studies, things like that. But they'll, they'll walk away from creating blog posts on a regular basis. That just maybe not be the, the thing that attracts their audiences. So if you have a manufacturer, for example, and they do most mm -hmm. of their business through conferences and trade shows yeah. and industry advertising industry publications, reaching out to people directly, content may not be part of their mix. They may not have to do it. And I think a lot of companies will realize that there's other places where they should be spending their marketing dollars and content doesn't have to take a big part of, of their efforts. So I think that being active engaged and involved in communities, Slack communities, I think are going to explode. Mm -hmm. I think Discord is, is a very interesting place. Many companies, for example, don't even touch Reddit. But if you yeah. listen to a guy like Ross Simmons, for example, he says Reddit is full of potential for B2B and SaaS companies. Quora is also a good place to play. You know, I think that, that being in those communities is, is going to drive dark social. It's going to get your mm. people talking about your brand because your brand comes across as thoughtful and prescriptive and and a, a yeah. trusted resource, as I said in the LinkedIn post. So that'll be a way for companies to play. I think very selectively, a lot of companies will go back to conferences, but maybe different mm. types of conferences where they're not these giant affairs, like the Salesforce mega conference. It'll be more intimate conferences, maybe 100, 200 people where you can really connect with people. Because I think ultimately, fundamentally, that especially when it comes to enterprise sales is that conversations make marketing and sales happen. You can mm -hmm. do as much sort of content as you want, but if you talk to someone, the impact of meeting somebody face to face or having a zoom call with them, the impact is, is totally different. It, it just, it, it changes the dynamics of that relationship. So I think a lot of companies need to take a step back from content. And as you say, they got to say, well, what else should we be doing? How can we do marketing 
differently or better that doesn't involve a full-time hardcore commitment to content. Yeah. Like you said up top, sort of this notion that we have to produce content like a media company, you know, like constantly every day. And I share kind of your skepticism about that. And what you're saying just now resonates with me too. I don't know when it was several months ago, specifically on LinkedIn. I'm like, what am I missing here? Because I'm putting a lot of time and effort into posting content and I'm commenting on other people's. And yet this doesn't seem to be doing a ton for me. And the missing link was, oh, I need to be going a step beyond that, DMing people and say, let's jump on a call. And that's what's really made the difference. And in my mind, it was like, oh, the content is kind of a means to that end. You know, not that you have to have content in order to DM someone and get a call, but I think it helps at least a little bit. You know, people check you out and they want to see like, oh, you're posting this and you're posting that. But that to me is where, at least for me, that's where I really see the value. And in being part of, of these other communities like First Gen Entrepreneurs and a few others, content plays into it. But like, you know, having a conversation is a type of content, you could say. Or, you know, the way you represent yourself in that community, right? So it's not like content is completely out the window, but that's how kind of how I've come to see it as a means to the end to get people to the point where they're like, yeah, let's have a chat. You seem like someone worth spending time with on Zoom and actually having a conversation. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The, the best content sparks a reaction. It gets yeah. people violently disagreeing with you or totally agreeing with you. And when it really works, it makes people reach out to have a conversation. I want to book a demo. I want to download something. I want to send you a contact form. It makes them believe that, hey, this company, this is a smart company. These people sound like they know what they're talking about and I, I want to talk to them. I think what that does is really make companies focus on doing content that matters and that generates a reaction and actually drives the business as opposed to being publishers. And then what that lends itself to is maybe reimagining your website mm. and having it be this tool that educates, that's interactive, that's engaging, that allows people to elegantly and seamlessly learn not only about your product, but some of the things they should be thinking about. And maybe that's where content can have its biggest impact. So if you can somehow have conversations, engage in communities, uh, you know, raise your hand and have people say, yeah, you're worth checking in. And then they come to your website and it's not a crappy website with bad positioning and terrible messaging. It's actually something that they look at and go, this is a really interesting, valuable resource. Even if I never do business with this company, I should be talking to them. So you, you look at a company like, mm -hmm. like Gong is a great example, right? Only because their content is so good that, and then if you have good content and if it resonates, People talk about it, right? They share it. They do what we're doing right now, talking about companies that do content yeah. well. And that's the magic of marketing when people, other people talk about your company without you playing a role in that. Right. hundred percent. So now, Mark, I know you mentioned just before, like brand positioning and, and, and so on. You offer courses on this. I did one of your courses, which was excellent. And I believe you have another course coming up. Is that right? Yeah, I have this. It's a, through Maven. It's a five-week so weekly interactive sessions. Uh, the next one starts on September the 19th. So excited about that. You can share the show, the, the link in your show notes, which would be great. Yeah. Also looking at, a at another interesting product, looking at maybe doing mini two hour workshops, breaking down people's positioning 
and messaging. It's it's yeah. in development right now. It's sort of a sneak peek. It's the idea that that companies can get a quick snapshot of or a quick validation of their positioning and, or yeah or reimagine their positioning in only two hours because this is sort of another angle here but i believe a lot of marketing these days is going to be snackable uh, a lot of marketing services mm, yeah. people want things quick they want things easy content needs to resonate really quickly these days and i think the same thing goes for marketing i think that a lot of companies that buy marketing services the ones that you and i sell want to buy things yeah. that fast quick agile opportunistic and give them an immediate return i think that's for where we're at right now in the in the sales cycle that's going to that's going to the stuff that they're going to buy yeah right stuff right you can kind of do it try it and then do it again without having to commit to like 6 7 months or whatever right do it try it if you if you like dating somebody like you and i maybe we should get married <laughs> you know take it to the next level that's an entirely different conversation that takes us away from from the idea that if you're doing content right now, I think I would take a step back and go, is it working at the end of the day? Is it yeah. lifting the business? Is it generating the brand awareness and conversations that we want? Is it attracting traffic? Are we, is there a direct correlation between the content that we publish and the leads that it generates? And if it is rock and roll, like go to town, knock yourself out on con content marketing. But if it's not, especially if it's, if it's not in the extreme sense, then you got to get off the bandwagon and you, you got to say to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be bold and courageous enough to not do content at all or dramatically cut down on the amount of content I'm doing. And that's, that's hard, but it's for yeah. some companies, it's going to be a necessity. Well, you know, and especially if you've been doing that, it almost be like going through withdrawal, I imagine. You know, like you feel a little bit lost at sea. Like, well, what, what am I supposed to do with myself? <laughs> Spending most of my time pumping out this content. Like, you know. Yeah, I've never, I've never been, a, I've never been a cigarette smoker. Can I, I imagine if you go turkey, you got to find something else, right? And something, a lot of companies right. got to find that something else. And, it, you know, I can't say, well, here's the silver bullet to all your, all your problems right now, because every company has a different types of customers and a different marketing mix that yeah. works. But yeah, I'm going to get a lot of pushback on my belief that if content, if it's not dead, then perhaps it it's dead for some companies. But that's the that's the marketing landscape right now is it's fluid. And what worked mm -hmm. like yesterday may not work tomorrow. And I think the ChatGPT and generative AI have totally changed the landscape. It just accelerated all, all of that, right? What Absolutely. And... And, you know, a lot of companies say, hey, now I can produce content at scale, but it's going to be a, for now, if you use Chappie TV, it's going to be a lot yeah. of crappy content. And I don't care what these marketing gurus say about, you know, download my, my, my list of prompts and that kind of thing. Right. I, I, I've used it. Uh, I think it's a great research tool, but I, for now, I would never use it for content, not especially yeah. content that offers insight. Right. Me neither. Well, Mark, how can people reach you? I, I know a lot of folks are going to want to continue this conversation in one form or the other. So what's the best way to connect? Well, one is you can, you can reach me on LinkedIn, just search for Mark Evans or Mark Evans Fractional CMO, and you'll find me there. Otherwise, my website is marketingspark.co. I'd love to have .com, but it's not available right now. So you can, you can reach me there. So those are the two places where you can reach out. Happy to talk about content marketing and other types of marketing services. But yeah, I, I think it's a really fascinating landscape. I've been, I've been involved in content for more than 30 years as a reporter and an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and a consultant. And I, it just, 
it's just amazing where it's going right now. Troubling, you know, scary, but very interesting. Never boring. Never boring. That's for sure. All right, Mark. Well, thank you so much. This was, I, I think we can say with confidence that we created some good content to get, uh, together here today. I think we're following my, my mantra that, that less is more and that high quality content matters. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.